And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Well, looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. The Rock is Lit Vault. Welcome to The Rock is Lit Vault, where you can find outtakes from the regular episodes and extended episodes, as well as special features, behind-the-scenes peaks, and breaking news. Join me, Christy Alexander Hallberg, for each enthralling episode, then migrate to The Vault for Rock is Lit Deep Cuts. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus interview with Pleasant Gaiman, which was originally recorded for the episode featuring Janet Fitch's novel, Paint It Black. In the following outtake from that episode, Pleasant talks about her interactions with some of the hottest punk bands in L.A. in the early 1980s, including The Germs, The Cramps, The Weirdos, X, and Black Flag, and how the scene began to deteriorate in the early 80s. Well, I'm going to throw a few other band names at you that show up in Paint It Black and get your impression. The Cramps, X, The Weirdos, Black Flag. Oh, my God. Okay, so The Cramps, um, Kid Congo and I met them in New York. And Kid Congo was, um, he was my roommate at 909 and this And we used to go back and forth to New York City on Greyhound buses um, to see, to just live there for like two weeks to a month or, or more and, and see bands and stuff. And we, we, just, we heard about the cramps from friends in New York. And then, um, we met them the first time they came out here and I, I, you know, I just banged on their door at the Tropicana Motel and said, you guys want to get drunk and go to thrift stores? And of course they said, <laughs> yes, that was how I usually met everybody in those days. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and then I, you know, want to do an interview for my fans in lobotomy. So I've seen the cramps and Blondie probably more than uh, the cramps, Blondie and the Ramones and X more than probably any band I've ever mm. seen. X, X, I saw their very first show, nice, which was in a, in a big house and in, in um, a living room on sixth street, the weirdos. The first time I saw them was when um, everyone from the punk scene was, went to bomb records because the damned who was the very first punk band um from england to come to mm-hmm. america um were, were playing at the starwood for two nights and so we all wanted to go to to the in-store so the whole entire la punk scene went there and um the weirdos walked in and i was floored by the way they looked they were wearing like women's raincoats with like crazy 60s belts and chains <laughs> and just well, like seriously, like paper cups and shit, like safety pin to their outfits. I mean, oh gosh, they looked incredible, and I was like, "Who are you?" And they they said they were the weirdos, and they're like, "We're playing tonight at this place called the Orpheum Theater," and um, they were playing with the Nerves that you know Peter Peter Case was in, and then the opening band was the Zeros mm-hmm. from San Diego, and I said, "Do you want to have another band on the bill?" 
um, you know, because I was hanging out with the germs. And they said, sure, because that was the way shit went down in those days. Yeah. Um, so we went to prepare for the gig. Like we were in um, Chris Ashford's car, like the, the who put out the germs record. And um, we went to my mom's house and Chris was like like 21 or, or maybe 22. He was old enough to buy booze. So we got wasted on cold duck. And um, I think there was some quaaludes involved. And by the time <laughs> we got there, we were so messed up. And the germs could hardly, I mean, they couldn't hardly play anyway. They hadn't even been rehearsing for that yeah. long. Like, I mean, maybe days as opposed to weeks. So they sounded like total garbage. Um, um, Darby, who was Bobby Pin at that point, pulled out a giant jar of Skippy peanut butter in homage to Iggy Pop. And that started going all over the stage. I mean, they got shut down immediately because it just, it didn't even sound like industrial rock. It just sounded like a wall of noise. And this was like in a tiny black box theater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, that was their first gig, you yeah. know, and then they, they, they kept um, playing and, you know, Darby went to the hospital a few, few times for like falling off balconies or like getting <laughs> full of black on stage. I mean, um, who else did you mention? X? No, the weirdos. I think I yep. mentioned Black Flag. Everybody. Black Flag. Um, Belinda and I used to work for a booking agency called Hollywood International Talent, mm -hmm. which was above um, this lingerie store called Playmates of Hollywood. And um, it was Marshall Burrell, who was the nephew of Milton Burrell. Oh, my goodness. Um, it, was, it, was his, um, it was his talent agency. And we met him at the Whiskey and we'd answer his phones. And so um, he was always asking us who did we like his bands or who did we know his bands that, you know, he could book tours for. And so we were booking Black Flag. I saw a lot of Black Flag shows, but their shows got violent really quickly. And one of the things that distinguished the punk scene in the 70s and the very early 80s from later on was um, that in the in the first few years, the punk scene was so small mm -hmm. and so contained and everyone knew each other that there was no violence. Like everyone would like do the pogo and have a mosh pit, which I don't even think they, it was getting called that yet. Um, but if someone fell over, they wouldn't get trampled. There was no like, you know, fist fights or anything. Like if someone fell over, someone would pick them up yeah. or, you know, everyone was like really good friends with each other. And we just wanted to have a wild time, you mm -hmm. know? So um, the later it got, the more the more testosterone fueled and the more dangerous, like the slam pits got, which is what we initially called them. Yeah. And um, so many girls from the punk scene just fled. We're like, nope, I'm not going to go and see them. So like I, I saw Black Flag a few times, like at parks. Mm -hmm. I think one of them might have been Hollywood Park somewhere in Orange County or down near the beach. Um, and then. Like they, like other people would play at house parties because they weren't famous yet. And people, people would be like, whoa, you saw like Black Flag or fill in the blank at a house party. It's like, yeah, that's that's what you mm -hmm. did. There was there was no clubs that were booking stuff like this. None of our stuff was on the radio, yeah. you know. Well, so, yeah. yeah, I. There, and that comes out in the novel Painted Black, too, that because it, it is set in 1980 and there is a sense that there's a change afoot with the punk scene the main character Josie 
is there are sections where she's either in a club or thinking about going to a club and contemplating how skinheads were taking over the scene and things were turning ugly. So that that sounds like what really was going on. That's exactly what was going on. And and I mean, for us, for for the you know, for the original Hollywood and LA punks, that really ruined it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it ruined it for people in other places too. But then there was you know, when the, as there started to be like more venues and more bands that would in, in just a few years be called quote, quote, alternative. Mm -hmm. There was also, um, you know, more non-conventional venues like country clubs or, you know, rec halls and stuff where you could see things in the hardcore people um, or the, you know, the violent jocks that had the suddenly discovered punk. Um, didn't really know about those because they weren't as as plugged in yet as we were. So there was there was still like a thriving scene. Yeah. Well, I watched the documentary "The Decline of Western Civilization" recently, and that was filmed, mm -hmm. I think, in '79 and '80, and came out in '81. And it was about that period of the LA punk scene. And I picked up on a little bit of racism in there and a lot of homophobia, especially. There's this one section of the movie, the documentary, where Fear's lead singer Lee Ving is on stage just ranting about gay people using all these slurs. It's really disturbing. And, and I was picking up on some sexism and some anti-Semitism. There were some audience members wearing swastikas. And it, it kind of, it seemed to me like it was this toxic white masculinity that was taking over the whole punk scene at that point. That's pre that's pretty much true because the early scene in LA what wasn't wasn't like that yeah. you know from like seventy six to like around eighty you know mm -hmm. it was seventy six was kind of like glitter rock morphing into punk rock okay. you know but but um like women were women were all over it um uh, people of color were all over it lots of people were gay you know or queer and it was fine mm -hmm. you know it was it was the the people from a lot of the suburbs and they were it was frankly like really what you're what you're saying is exactly true there would be like a lot of homophobia mm -hmm. and racism and stuff like that and that's not what the original scene was like at all the original scene was like it was like like hate Ashbury on steroids, <laughs> with different music, or or it, you know it might have been like it was kind of like a commune, except there was no gardens, <laughs> only a lot of beer <laughs> bottles. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was it was really like now you would say it was inclusive, uh -huh. you know, but we never would have used that word because we didn't need to. You know what I mean? It was like. If you like the kind of music we did, or if you showed up and you were a complete stranger and you had on like, like a jacket with a bunch of badges or some weird hair, would be like, "Hey, brother or sister," mm -hmm. you know. It was really, we were happy to mm -hmm. see each other because, like I said, since there was, you know, since there was no internet and social media, I still can't fucking figure out how we all came together when I think of, because I never wrote about that part. Yeah in my diaries which i kept because it was just normal to just go out but i don't know how we all got the the radar to be at the same places because there was no advertisements if, mm -hmm. you, if you got a flyer then you'd have to call people or tell people and i don't know how anyone found out about parties mm -hmm. like if there had been someone broadcasting it mouth to mouth at a gig the night before 
you know, mm-hmm. it was such a different time that it blows my mind. Well, are any of these clubs still open, like the Hong Kong Cafe, for example? No, um, the Hong, I can't, I'm not sure if the Hong Kong Cafe is still open, and that's more like from the pandemic. I mean, it was yeah. a restaurant, and it still had been a restaurant a few years ago, and the, the upstairs where, where the banquet room was, was where they had the band, so I don't, I kind of really doubt that they're having fans there, mm. but I might be wrong. So I can't say for sure. Mm. Um, obviously the Roxy and the whiskey are still there. The yeah. basement where the mask was is now under um, RuPaul's World of Wonder. Really? And all the original graffiti is preserved there, but they're really picky about letting people in there, which sucks. Yeah. Um, hi, RuPaul. <laughs> you- <laughs> you should tell your dad that you're sitting on some historic gold mine. Thanks so much for being on the show, Pleasant. This has been a hoot. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Find out more about Pleasant Gaiman at her website, pleasantgaiman.com. You can buy her new memoir, Rock and Roll Witch, there too, or wherever you buy books. Check out her very cool podcast, The Devil's Music, on the Pantheon Network. And don't forget to pick up a copy of Janet Fitch's novel, Paint It Black, at your local indie bookstore or find it online. Thanks for hanging out in the Rock is Lit vault. Check out more Rock is Lit episodes and be on the lookout for more bonus material here in the vault. Until next time, keep rocking and reading and getting lit. Rock is Lit. Unlock big savings during the Menards bag sale at Style and Security with Schlag Lock Sets. Menards carries over 50 styles of interior and exterior lock sets. And with Schlag's wide selection of smart locks and keyless entry locks, there's no more hiding keys under the doormat or losing track of copies. Save big money on Schlag Lock Sets. Plus, save 15% when you fit it in the bag. Now through January 14th, available in-store only at Menards. Save big money at If you're looking to get a new car, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive. Sure, you love your old car, but you know it's not normal to give instructions on how to open the window. It should be self-explanatory, but it's not. And notice how when you're in other people's cars, you can feel cushion in the seats? That's pretty nice, right? No, it's just normal. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and put the savings toward a new car. It's time. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.